faithfulness. Now, understand, he's not talking about faith, saving faith. That's not what that word is talking about in Galatians 5.22. He's not talking about saving faith. Let's go to Galatians 5, verse 22. He says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. 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 It's still in that verb. It's still in that thing that can be seen in your life. If you're seen as a person of faithfulness. What lacks in the church is faithfulness. And because we're so laxed in that word and understanding the action of that word, we just have this thing that if it's comfortable, then I act. See, faithfulness doesn't act because it's comfortable. It acts out of faithfulness. Out of faithfulness. And understand, every one of these characteristics of the Holy Spirit is always a benefit to somebody else. And what it is, is that you're being faithful to somebody else. You're being loyal to somebody else. You're being faithful, and they benefit because of your faithfulness. Men, what we forget, even in our homes, is to be faithful to our families. And therefore, oftentimes, our families suffer because we are more faithful to ourselves than to our family. And that is not a definition of faithfulness. Oftentimes, we think being faithful to oneself is the primary goal. No. That's not the primary goal, being faithful to oneself. Being faithful to oneself only leads to selfishness. But is being faithful to those in whom you have an obligation to and faithful to those who have a need of your service that you're able to render a service to. That they might benefit from your faithfulness. From your service. And because of what you are going to render to them. Oftentimes we forget that. Can you switch me over back there? Or do I need to do it from here? Faithfulness is that area that oftentimes you and I struggle with. And God knew we were going to struggle with because we're not even faithful to ourselves really. Let alone get to a point where we would be faithful to Him. So the Holy Spirit comes into our lives to build in this faithfulness to Him, which if you take a look at all the things that we've been looking at, they are characteristics of God. And God says, boy, be like Him. Be holy as He is holy. Be like Him. So he gives us his Holy Spirit that those characteristics of his attributes might be seen through us. The laziness and indifference of our human nature doesn't like to be constantly disturbed by the restlessness of our faithfulness. 
A friend calls you at 3 o'clock. Your best friend. I need you. Man, call me back tomorrow around 8 o'clock. It'd be better. 3 in the morning, just a little bit too hard to get out this bed and go. But faithfulness to a friend, well, if that friend called, you would really do what? Yes. That's being faithful. Faithful. A father who recognizes that his children need shoes or needs clothing and understands one job isn't getting it will do what? That's faithfulness to a family. That's faithfulness to a family. The whole process with a wife is understanding and making sure her as much as possible. I tell any man, you cannot provide all the emotional, you cannot provide for all the emotional needs of one. Only one who can do that is God himself. But that doesn't put you off the hook. It's your faithfulness that tries to provide all the emotional need and strength of a wife. Your faithfulness to her. Your faithfulness. But it's our laziness and our indifferences that oftentimes keeps us from being faithful. And laziness is the biggest thing in the church. Being faithful to God. Because he asked me to do this, he asked me to do that, or I'm going to do this or do that. The thing that will stop me is that I, de- I think I deserve a day off. I think I deserve a little rest. I think I deserve to just sit down, be still, watch my favorite movie. I deserve to do this. And we throw faithfulness out. When does God take a break from watching over you? When does God take a break from taking care of your provisions? If God would take a break every time we took a break, we'd be in bad shape. And then it's the priority of things. Faithfulness makes a list of the priorities. This is what I need to do first. And God is usually always right there at the top. I remember one time I shared with the church when my father was living that my first priority was my father. And that's because in the scripture, it's so easy to say you're not responsible for your parents, but I got to do this duty at the church and I got to do this. No. God had put him in my care and there's a responsibility that I have to him. This whole thing is a responsibility. It falls in the pattern if we look at God and how serious God takes his faithfulness. And we're going to do that with a couple of verses and then we're going to look at ourselves and then a couple of men. Because the whole thing is really faithfulness. 1 Corinthians 1.9 God who's called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, look what he says to be is faithful. Is faithful. He wants you to know that 
Because He called you, He's going to be faithful to you. He's never going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He's going to teach you, even though you don't want to be taught. And God knows how to deal with stubborn people. Was Israel stubborn? He said they were stubborn, stiff-necked, hard-headed, slow to learn. God knows how to deal with them folks. And he says, I'm going to be faithful to you. Now, you may not be faithful to me, but I'm going to be faithful to you. One of the worst things we ever did is remove faithfulness from the house and put it somewhere else. One of the first things I did with my children is this here. I'll always be your dad. I'm going to be faithful to you. But out of that faithfulness comes the discipline. Out of that faithfulness comes the laughter, the joy, everything. Never going to leave you. You never have to worry about that. I'm going to always be there. And what allows that to take place is faithfulness. And that's what God is saying to us as his children. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to always be there. You don't never have to question that. I'm going to be there. Even if you're unfaithful, I'm going to be there. He moves on. He says in 1 Thessalonians 5.24, The one who has called you is faithful. But look what he said. He will do it. Whatever his promises are to you, whatever he says to you, he's faithful. He's going to keep his word. He's going to do it. So when you look at God's promises of a faithful God, you can believe he's going to do it. He's going to carry it out. It says that, let every man be a liar, but God be what? Be true. God is not a man that he has need to lie. He doesn't lie. So all of his promises are yea and amen. And he's faithful to perform them and to do them. And that I can understand that. That boy, my God is faithful to me. No matter what my circumstances might be. No matter what I'm going through. I'm going to step out here on a limb for a moment. God is a sovereign God. But because God has given free will, God doesn't control everything. Therefore, a lot of times people get upset with God and they think he's unfaithful because this took place in my life. I had bad parents. I had a bad husband. I had a bad wife. I had this. I had that. I had a bad boss. And we want to blame God in being unfaithful. The thing you want to ask yourself is this. Are you eating every day? Do you have some clothes to wear? Are you still breathing? Are you in a reasonable amount of good health? And then remind yourself of Job. You can lose it all and God's able to do what? Because he's the God that is faithful to you. The material stuff doesn't matter to God. And God doesn't control the husband and the wife to a point that he makes them puppets. He doesn't even control the children to that point that he makes them puppets. And oftentimes, men just have to learn. Men just have to learn. 
And sometimes I'm doing marital counseling and you've been married twice. Only thing I can tell you the first time we go around is simply this here. You didn't do it God's way. God's giving you another opportunity. The thing is now, are you willing to do it God's way? Because until we do it God's way, it really is unsuccessful. And, and God says, I'm going to be faithful to you. He will do it. Whether it's in marriage, it's in relationship with children, in relationship with employer, whatever it is, you can go find it in Scripture and you can believe God will do it. Why? He's faithful. He's faithful. In Hebrews 3, 6 says, But Christ is faithful as a son over God's house. Now before we go any further, I want you to do something. Take Christ out. Put your name there. Are you faithful over God's house and the things concerning God? Are you faithful? Just put your name there and read it in that first part. And ask the question, are you faithful? But Christ is faithful. And oftentimes when we talk about Christ as Jesus, we use the excuse, well, he was God. And we forget that in one sense he set his godliness to the side and depended totally upon the Holy Spirit in whom we depend upon. But Christ is faithful as a son over God's house. And we are his house. And we hold on to our courage and the hope which we boast. We hold on. To, we don't allow nobody to take it. We don't allow anybody to steal it. We don't allow anybody to come between who? Me and Christ. Nothing breaks that relationship. And remember what Jesus said to Peter? Peter, Satan desires to shift you as what? But I prayed for you, showing his faithfulness. And, and, and Satan's going to shift each and every one of us when it comes to our faithfulness to God and his house and his ministry and his work. The reason that we can really honestly say America is in the shape it's in today is because of the lack of the faithfulness of today's church. But God is still faithful to us. Philippians 1.6. When you read that verse, it doesn't put the word faithfulness in there. But it's faithfulness there. Being confident of this, that he who has begun a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Speaking of the Father. That this is what the Father is going to do. He's going to be faithful to continue this work that Christ has started in me. Until I see Christ face to face. Now I don't have the word faithfulness in there. But if he was not faithful, this verse would mean nothing. This verse would be absolutely nothing. But he says, being confident. Confident in, in, in what? In God. In God doing what? The work that he's promised that he's going to do in me. And therefore, I never say the word faithful 
But it's God's faithfulness that is being carried out now in this work in me. It's so hard to let go and allow God to perform sometimes. Because we have to figure it all out. We have to understand it all. We have to add it all up. And walking by faith sometimes is not adding it all up. Walking by faith is not understanding it all. Walking by faith is not having all the facts out in front of you. What you need to know more than anything else is this. God's called and God said do it. And you start the journey. God called and God said do it. We start the journey. Remember what it said about Abraham? He didn't know where he was going. He just what? <laughs> Gathered his little stuff and off he was going. Because with God sometimes, the most important thing in life is that we believe and we start. We believe and we start. Because if you never start, if God gave you the end results, you still wouldn't. But by faith you start because now you're believing him. You're trusting him. He's faithful. We look to God's faithfulness. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 9. Deuteronomy 7 and verse 9. Because we look to God's faithfulness from generation to generation. And he says, let me get there. Knowing, therefore, that the Lord your God is God. How many of you really know that? How many of you have settled it in your heart, there is no other God but God? Okay. As long as you're indifferent to that truth, you're going to waver some. You're going to tilt some. Because you're not quite sure that Jesus Christ is God and that his Father is God and the Holy Spirit is God. You're going to question and, and maybe this may be God and over here, maybe this one may be God and, and, and you're going to waver some. But once you settle it in your heart that God is God and Jesus Christ is God and the Holy Spirit is God and this triune God is the only God, it allows you to function much easier. It allows you to act in much of a freer way. Because he really is. And that's the first thing he says here. He says, boy, the Lord your God is God. i got to settle that in my heart and in my mind. He's God. Now, look what else he says. He is faithful. It describes him. He's a faithful God. He's a faithful God. David said, once I was young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous. What? Boy. The faithfulness of God. Can God keep you from youth to your old age? Yes. Can he provide for you whatever you have need of? Yes. Oftentimes I hear people say, you can't claim the promises of Israel. If God promises, there's nothing 
that God can't do today that he didn't do yesterday. For he is the same God today, yesterday, and forever. My Red Sea may not be the water there, but my Red Sea might be something else that needs to be what? Parted, and God parts it. My, rare, my hunger in the desert, boy, it may not be manna that flies down, but God sends a neighbor over with a loaf of bread. God continues to function and meet my needs. And he says, he's a faithful God. Now catch this. Keeping his covenant or his agreements with his people of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keeps his commandments. Now, now he makes a separation there. Those who what? Love him and keep his commandments. Not everybody. He's not keeping an agreement with everybody. But he is keeping an agreement with those who love him. And keep his commandments. So we're keeping in an agreement with him. He's keeping in an agreement with us. And we are both proving to be faithful to our agreement. He takes us a little further through the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that has to teach us how to be faithful. Because in and of our natural flesh and our natural self, we will not be faithful to anything. And the only thing that we think we're faithful to is ourself. And when we're faithful to ourselves, what we're usually doing, not knowing it, we're destroying ourselves. Because what we're doing when we're faithful to ourselves, in most cases, we are being disobedient to God, but doing what this flesh wants us to do. And there comes the destruction. Because God is calling us away from the obedience to the flesh to the obedience of the Holy Spirit and of His Word. And the Holy Spirit now has to teach me how to be faithful to God and his word. Now understand, there are these three things that God is basically going to teach us. And then when, if we look at scripture, we see God doing the same thing. One, he's going to teach us to be faithful to his word. Let me ask you, is God faithful to his word? Is God faithful in carrying out his word? Did not scripture say God said it? Did not he do it? Didn't he perform it? God is faithful to his word. I don't care what I'm seeing. God's faithful to his word. I have some grandchildren that I'm believing God for. Because he's the only one who can really save. And he said that his, his will that none would perish. And sometimes I put their name right in there. And there's times I'm praying, God, you break them. Why? Because God is a gentle God when he breaks. God knows exactly what they have need of, more so than I do. And he loves them far greater than I do. 
And God's going to be faithful to his word. And there's nothing wrong sometimes to practice praying God's word right back to him. Pray his word right back to him. And, and it's not so much of a reminder to God. God knows what he says. But Lord, I'm standing on what you said. I'm trusting in what you said. I'm not moving from that. I don't care what's going on. Lord, I'm not moving because you are the faithful God. This is what you said and this is what you will do in so-and-so's life. Because you're faithful, God. And I believe in a faithful God who does what he says he will do. The second thing that is this whole thing. Faithfulness is you're faithful to a task. Men, let me remind you about something. Marriage is nothing but a task. That's why one of the things I've tried to bring out again in marriage or counseling. Three important words. Work, work, more work. But understand, you can only do your part. You can't do the other person's part. And that's where we get all upset sometimes with God. Okay? As a faithful father, you can only do your part. You can't deal with the rebellious child, per se. You can't deal with the rebellious daughter, per se. It is your job to be faithful to that child. See him through it. I mean, one time, a, a young man, he... Mom and dad was leaving town, and he said, up for mom and dad's house to be robbed. Well, dad had to come back home. I may have told you this story before, but dad had to come back home. Him and mom came back home, and the two people who were still in the home, who were stealing stuff, tied dad up, beat him up. And then mom got down in court, this is my son, this is my son. I know. No, you let him go to jail. You let him go to jail. And then to show your faithfulness to him and your love, you're going to visit him. But you let him go. Because the crime that he committed calls for that. But your faithfulness says as a mother, you're going to visit him. You're going to bring him a meal every now and then whenever you can or do whatever you can do. You're going to send him a little bit of money for his... Snickers or whatever he wants to get. You're going to do your part in being faithful. But you're going to let him suffer whatever the consequences of his. We can only be responsible for our faithfulness to the person. And the person is still blessed and receives the benefits of our being faithful to them. And he says... So if that's my task, I'm a mother, that's my task. I'm a father, that's my task. If I'm there with my other employees, I have a task at that job to be faithful to, but to be faithful to those. Well, on the football team, let me wake him up down here. On the football team, do you have an opportunity to be faithful to your other players? Do you expect that guard to pull for you when you're running? Why? That's his job. That's his task. To go get knocked down or knock somebody else down for that you can run and don't get hit? That don't make no sense, do it? 
I'm going to get hit to keep him from getting hit. See, what we forget sometimes is this. He got the ball. I don't. The only one who can cross the goal. What would be the difference if I crossed the goal line without the ball? Huh? I look stupid. Maybe, but I'm, 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 I'm over the goal line. What doesn't happen? You don't score. You don't score. You may get over the goal line, but if you ain't got the ball, it doesn't matter. But that person who blocked for you, that person who ran interference for you, that person who took the hit for you, who hurts for you, they were faithful at their task, at their assignment. And what we need in Christianity is people who will be faithful to their task and their assignment. That we can score on Satan. And that whole process is that God, the Holy Spirit, is teaching us to be faithful to a task no matter what it is. Then he's just teaching us to be faithful to people. You've got to be faithful to people. It's not a matter if you like them or not. If they've been assigned as your task in life, or for this month, you've got to be faithful to them. That's your task. It's not an issue if they're doing what you told them to do. And because they didn't do what you told them to do, you're done with them. That's not faithful. How I many? If that was the basis of not being faithful, God would not be faithful to Gus Brown because there's a lot of things that Gus Brown, when God has said do, yeah. Gus Brown didn't do. Faithful does not depend on the other person's action or how they respond. It's me just being faithful to that person. Because they're my task. That's what I'm assigned to. And I'm just being faithful to them. And you'll see God doing that. Because who would ever think God would be faithful to a murderer? David. Faithful to an adulterer? David. Who would ever think he would be faithful? Who would ever think he would be faithful to a Samson that does everything that he wanted to do? But yet faithful. Who thinks that God would be faithful to somebody sitting in prison, a Peter, and he opens the doors and let him just walk on out? Who ever think that God would be faithful to a Paul and a Silas sitting in jail and they just praising the Lord? Why? God's right there with him. His faithfulness. His faithfulness. God will teach us how to be faithful. Turn to Luke 16, 10 through 12. Luke 16. Because it, it, it is difficult for us. Because 
we are constantly challenged in this area. Faithfulness to friends. Faithfulness to church. Faithful to the task that God has assigned me. And a lot of us, we want to just be able to pick our own task. We don't want God to assign us anything. See what I'm doing for you, Lord? But if God say, go do this, no, Lord, I'm busy at this. We, we do the Cain Abel thing. See, I, I, I'm going to give you, Lord, what I want you to have. See? 10 and 12, verses 10. Let me get there. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. You know, most of us, anymore, we don't value a penny, do we? I don't know who I was with. and um, Oh, Larry. I was at Larry's house. I mean, I, I won't walk past them. And, um, and come to find out, it was a dime. Because they make dimes out of pen. And they're talking about, give me my dime. Man, this, this dime was out in the street. It was not in the yard. It was in the street. He, he could maybe have ownership if it was in his yard, but it's out in public domain on the street. You know. And because sometimes we don't value things because we think it's so little. We don't pass the test with God and take care of that little thing. But we want God to give us much more. We want God to, to bless us much more. Well, I haven't, been, I haven't proven myself faithful in the little. So why is he going to give me more? And he goes on, he said, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with what? With much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with, spirit, with true riches? With true riches. And what he's just saying there, there is something much more valuable the money. And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? Who will do that? First Corinthians four six. I'm hoping that all of us understand we're all stewards. We're all stewards. Maybe I'd take it too far. You know. Because my wife gets on me all the time because you go look on my thing. I got white shirts in the boxes. They're still thin. When I need them, they're there. I have Christmas gifts that were given back to me in 95, 96. I haven't put on yet. They're there. Something, that old thing, wear it out, use it up. I got to wear it out, use it up, before I put something in its place. They, now, some folks, they don't have to do that. They just go get something new because they wore it. I mean, hey, if I could stop this young lady that lives with me, 
Some constantly replacing. I mean, I don't see no holes in the dresses. I, I, I don't see no stain in the dress. I, I don't see it, but we got to go get a new dress. See? Uh, boy. I'm trying to be. <laughs> but for me, it's hard for me to open up something new and just put it on without a special occasion or I'm really going somewhere. Other than that, everyday clothes are good. <laughs> and that's that whole process is that everything we have, we are a steward of God's. Um, you, you ever hear this thing, we got to redo the house? You know, we got to put new lamps in. We got to do this, you know. For what? So, so what my wife will tell me is this. Don't nothing last forever. Well, it ain't dead yet. The light thing still turns on. <laughs> so we have fun around our house with those things. Because when I buy something, I really do expect it to last a lifetime. <laughs> you know. And, and, and that whole thing boils down to being that steward that you're not wasting the things of God. You're managing all that God has put in your hands. You're managing. Go to 1 Corinthians 4.2. Look what it says. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove what? Faithful. All of us have to prove ourselves Faithful. And, and you have to do that in your terminology. You have to prove before God that you're a faithful person with that which he has given unto you. Don't try to be like me now. It'll wear you out. It'll get you in trouble. But you know what areas you need to discipline yourself in, in the areas of stewardship. And the first thing I will ask you is this is that everything that you have received, every good and perfect gift that has come down, do you understand that you're only a steward of what God has blessed you with? Or have you named it yours so tightly, God can't even use it if he's trying to pry your hand off of it? And you want to hold it all loosely. That if God wants to use it, he can. And if God says, give it the way, you can. And if somebody steal it, yeah, you're going to miss it. It's going to hurt you for a moment, but it's not going to devastate you. Go over to verse 17. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 17. Get my eyes straight. For this reason... I am sending to you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my ways of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. He said, I'm sending you Timothy. He's sending Timothy for a reason. He can trust him. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. So he sent in Timothy to discharge some teaching, knowing that Timothy's not going to go there and talk about himself. 
Timothy's not going there to build himself up. Hey, but he, he's faithful to the teaching. And he's going to share it. In Matthew 25, 21, again, that faithful in few things, he says, I'll make you ruler over many things. It's just there. You're starting to catch a little bit of that picture about faithful? Now, now look what God says in Psalms 31, 23. Look what you miss out on if you're not a faithful person. You need to understand that when you're not faithful, you're the one who miss out. Hey, you're the one that's going to hurt. You're, you're the one who's going to miss God's blessing. Because you're the one who chose not to be faithful to him or keep the agreement, in a sense. So in Psalms 21, verse 23, 31, verse 23, he says, Love the Lord, all his saints. Now catch this next line. The Lord preserves the faithful. To preserve something is to what? To keep it. It is to keep it. To keep it safe. Give it whatever it has need of. To cherish it. That, that, that God's keeping you. No matter what's going on in a certain time. That God, because of your faithfulness, He is preserving you. Because of your faithfulness and how you're demonstrating that faithfulness over that task and to people and to the things of God, that God is keeping you. Some of us, God has just kept us mentally because of the situations we went through, but because of our faithfulness, He kept us. And He says, Boy, now catch the next one in there. But the proud, He pays back in full. Because, see, pride, a fall cometh before Pride cometh before a fall. When we get prideful, we're running away from God. We get prideful, we're doing it our way. We get prideful, we're going to do this thing. God, you, you go ahead and take a time out. I'm going to handle this one. And nothing's there but failure. Then he says, God watches over the faithful. Turn to Psalm 101 and verse 16. If you understand, and, and sometimes just take yourself a, an opportunity to go through this and, and, and really take a look. Is it verse 6? Yeah, verse 6, not, not 16. Verse 6, I'm sorry. 101, 6. Look what he says here. My eyes will be on the faithful in the land. What is he saying? Boy, my eyes is always on you. I'm watching over you. When a friend talks about he got your back, no, God got my back. God got me all the way around. He's covering me. God's keeping me. And the whole thing, he said, God is watching. His eye is on the faithful in the land. That they may dwell with me. He whose walk, now look at what he describes when he talks about the faithful. Whose walk is what? Blameless will minister to me. 
I'll be one of the ministers if, if I'm walking blameless and God's watching over what I'm doing and the task that he assigns to me and I'm faithful in that task. God is always watching me, providing what I have need of. God is preserving me, keeping me because he knows what he's assigned me to do. I couldn't do this task. I couldn't preach if God didn't heal the need. I couldn't preach if God didn't take care of the cancer. I couldn't preach if God didn't heal the back. I couldn't preach if God didn't do this. But because this is the assigned task, of God's ground, God watches over me and keep me. And He does that for you. He does that for you. He keeps us. He watches over us. He's more than able. Proverbs 26. And listen to what He says. And we don't have to go to who can find a person who is not first in their life. And He said, who can find a faithful man? Who can find a faithful servant? Who can find one who is faithful? One who gets beyond himself. You'll never, get, you'll never be faithful to a family, to a wife, to children, to a job, to anything, as long as it's about you. Because faithfulness has to extend itself out to others. So he says in that 20, Many men claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful man, who can find? Who can find? Because faithfulness draws something from us. See, faithfulness is not for the lazy. Faithfulness is not for the indifference. Man. Faithfulness is for people who can set a priority. This is first. This is first. This is. And then you're able to see them carry it out. And the thing is, what's first? And do you carry it out? Let's close with three people real quick. Hebrews 3, 2. Hebrews 3, verse 2. Talking about Jesus Christ in verse 1, is that high priest, and then came down, coming down to Moses. He says, Therefore, holy brothers, who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle, and the high priest, whom we confess. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Boy. Hey, God. Okay, you're going to send me back to Egypt. God, you send me back to Egypt with an army of about a million men. I'll go. Don't send me back to Egypt with no stick. Can you imagine me getting in with some young folks with a stick? God, you got to give me more than that. Like James said, we, we're, we're only good for one or two hits, and that is it. So it got to be more than a stick. But Moses was obedient. And he went. He went. He was faithful to God, even with his people. When the people begin to murmur and criticize, we don't have nothing to drink. We don't have nothing to drink. He even got to Moses. Rather than go speak to the rock, he did what? But yet, he was faithful in God's house. Sometimes, look at Moses' job that God gave him. And which one of you would want to volunteer for that job? 
And as Moses said to God, these ain't my children. I didn't give birth to them. But yet he was faithful to the task that God assigned him to do. Even though he struggled with it. And when you look at it, you can see the struggle. You can see the frustration. You can see the depression. You can hear the crying out of Moses. Why me, Lord? See, every task God assigns you is not going to be a joyful task. But what God's looking for you to do is be faithful in the task. That's what God's looking for you to do. Then with Paul, I like what Paul says in 1 Timothy 1.12. Turn and, and, and take a good look at Paul. First Timothy 1, I think it's 1.12. He, he says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength that he considered me faithful. When God looks at you, does he really consider you faithful? Do you think that you have lived your Christian life in such a way that God says, that's my faithful servant. I know that if I give them this assignment, they'll be faithful with it. See, that's what he's talking about there in Galatians 5.22. Your faithfulness that the Holy Spirit has to build in you to be able to perform what God asked of you. And Paul says, I'm so thankful that he considered me faithful. What is Paul saying? He could have considered somebody else. He could have appointed somebody else. He could have used somebody else. But he considered me faithful. And he assigned me this task. Even though it landed me on a garbage heap. Even though it caused me to get stoned. Even though it caused me to flee one city to another city. Even if it caused me to get shipwrecked. He considered me faithful. Faithful. Closing one. Hope this one hits home just a little bit closer. Colossians 4.9. Onesimus. Who was Onesimus? He was a slave to Philemon, but he's in jail with prison and prison with Paul. But he was released. Listen to what Paul says in 4 9. I'm sorry. In Colossians 4 9. Listen to what he's going to say, what he's going to do. Because the question is Paul, why would you send this one? He ran away from his master. Paul, why would you really send this guy? Tychicus will tell you all the news in 4-7 about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your heart. Now catch verse 9. He is coming with Onesimus. Our faithful and dear brother. Now, I want you to catch something here. Don't go sleep on me right here now. Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. 
They will tell you everything that is happening here. Go over to Philemon now. Keep that in mind about Onesimus. Paul calls him faithful. I want you to put it in mind now. What's faithless? What's faithless? Faithless is defined as being useless. Faithless is defined as useless. But one who is faithful is useful. When you are faithful, God can depend on using you. He can use you. But when you're faithless, you cannot be used. Philemon, verse 11. Formerly, he was useless to you. You catch it? But now he has become useful. He has become useful. When he ran away from you, when he was thinking about himself and he was thinking about his slavery and he was thinking about all he had to do and he just wanted to get away from it. He just wanted to be free and he, he didn't want to have to follow this or follow that. He took off. Wound up with Paul in prison but met the Lord Jesus Christ. And what was once faithless or useless now become faithful and useful. Here's Paul. Now think about this if you were Onesimus. You're still in prison and you're sending this slave really and where they're traveling is back home to Philemon. And Paul's trusting you now to go back home and become a slave again and serve Philemon. Paul can't take you. Paul can't make you. But now you have become one who is faithful and you've given your word. Remember what I said? Faithful to our what? To our word. And he must have given Paul his word that he would go back to Philemon. And he goes back to Philemon. And Paul says at one time he didn't believe. At one time he was faithless. And he was useless. Only thing he was for you was trouble. But now he has found faith in Jesus Christ. And he is faithful, not to you as his master, but to Jesus Christ. And he's coming home, and he will be faithful, useful to you in his new state. How many of you, since you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, you were once useless, have really become useful? In the kingdom of God. That's what faithfulness is. Faithfulness is the ability to be used by God. 
as a servant of God to carry out the will of God to establish the purposes of God. Are you really useful? Are you really faithful? Or are you just a convenient person? If it's convenient for you, you do it. You're just a religious person. If it fits your fancy, okay. But how many of you are allowing the Holy Spirit to transform you into a faithful, useful witness and servant for Him? See, that's the challenge. That's the challenge. Are we really being transformed by the Holy Spirit where we are useful and trustworthy and loyal to the Lord? Amen? Amen. Father, we pray that, Lord, that you would continue to just minister to us and that you would bless us. 